0: welcome back to podcast three of 2023 i'm your host kiev o'neill follow me on twitter ob kiev follows the oddsbreakers Follow us on social media slash the Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets for 30% off shot quality bets. Please visit Shot Quality and use the promo code odds 23 Get a new perspective in betting college basketball. If you'd like to support the Oddsbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit the Click shop and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers. You get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please Visit the OddsBreakers and become a free Picks and Telegram newsletter subscriber. What an insane week of football, my friends. Lots of craziness in week 18. Very glad these teams got through it. For the most part, healthy. Lots of stories happened. Lots of craziness in the NFL. Lots of stupid coaching moves terrible organizational moves uh it's black monday today lots of coaches and gms as well as assistants are getting fired today that's the sad part of black monday i mean it's sad for them probably good for fans if that's the case but uh at the same time if the organization's not changing hands coming into the next year as a chicago sports fan i know that quite well doesn't matter who's getting hired it's the person that's incompetent that's hiring them you're really not going to go anywhere anyways and you have some of those bad organizations really show their face this week in nfl football i'm gonna make this show short and sweet with a play at the very end of it as usual but uh we always do a recap, and then we get to the good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend. And that segment is going to end at the end of football season. I myself had a pretty good week when it came to sides in the NFL. I had some bad beats, but I had a bad week when it comes to teasers and parlays. Finally regressed a little bit in that segment of our sports betting portfolio But I'm happy to say we are still doing extremely well in that aspect. Teasers are now 16-10-1. Parlays are 5-4-1 for the season. Our Refuse to Lose teaser is 11-6-1, about 65% that we are ending the season with. Very happy with our Refuse to Lose teaser. I will be doing more teasers, most likely in the playoffs anyway. It's just that our refuse to lose teaser segment is now at end being that the NFL season is at end and there is a lot less teams and games to choose from. Starting out with the recap of the Raiders versus the Chiefs, the Chiefs really improved on defense. I got to give them some credit, but at the same time, the Raiders had a bad quarterback in and Jarrett Stidham. I'm going to say he's bad. I think he's still a capable backup. He's just not a starting caliber quarterback. And like I said, Derek Carr is still better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the league. Andy Dalton, right? Uh, Mike White, Jar- Joe Flacco, as we saw this weekend. You know, Sam Darnold. There's actually quite a few of them. There's probably eight to ten quarterbacks at least that Derek Carr is better than. And I can't wait to see where he lands. Complete breakup with the Raiders in that situation. The Raiders have a bad defense and some questionable coaching. But you know Stidham, twenty-two for thirty-six, two hundred nineteen yards. He got a garbage drive at the end to make his stats look a little bit better. One TD, one interception, QBR of thirty-one point four. So not enough to get it done against a tough Chiefs team. Chiefs went to the Raiders and beat the crap out of them. It wasn't even that good of a game. So. Congratulations to the Chiefs is now the one seed. If the Bills would have beat Cincinnati in that game that was called, the Bills would be the one seed because they have the tiebreaker beating the Chiefs. But obviously for what happened, the Chiefs certainly uh I wouldn't say earn their way, but they kind of in a way earn their way to a number 2 seed at least, and as luck has it, they are a number 1 seed that will play a neutral game possibly against Buffalo uh, if they end up in the AFC championship game. So still very interesting scenario how the NFL made it up. But uh, I agree with it. I I think uh, from the circumstances being that the NFL has terrible protocols and terrible rules, they probably did the right thing at the end of the day to make it as fair as possible without decreasing or adding a game uh, or a team to the playoffs, right? I mean, I think it would have been really unfair to the sports books to add an eighth team, more people making the playoffs. You know, most cases people are betting a team to make the playoffs and not to miss bigger moneys on to miss, of course, but all in all, I'm satisfied with what happened from that perspective. Obviously not from a fantasy perspective. I myself did projected points in my league. The good news is that it really didn't affect the champion. It, uh, my The third and fourth place game was going to be close and each decided they're going to split it 50-50 already, so that made it easy on me as a commissioner. And then the playoff seeds, it did affect, but uh, nobody's going to really complain about that, being that there's no money involved in the playoff seeds. I thought projected points was the best way to handle it. Back to our NFL recap, let's move on to the Titans versus the Jaguars. This was a very ugly game for Jacksonville and I thought there was a chance they were going to lose it, especially late in that game and Jacksonville's defense really did step it up. I mean Jacksonville's down 16 to 10 in the fourth quarter, you know, and then it was 16 to 13 and then they get a defensive touchdown to win the game. What's it, it, Trevor Lawrence was terrible that game in my opinion. He was 20 for 32 for 212 yards. He was missing a lot of important throws, end zone throws. So that worried me. They couldn't run the ball at all. ETN, seven for 17. The the Tennessee Titans in their rush defense proved to how they were playing midseason and completely shut down Jacksonville in that department. Absolutely destroyed them while they had 147 yards on the ground. I mean, Dobbs even had five yards for, or five attempts for 32 yards. But yet, you know, that was enough just to kind of bang, bang it through and control a lot of possession, time of possession. But the problem is when you have a young quarterback or an inexperienced second string quarterback like Dobbs, you sacrifice what he did at the end of the game, and that was fumble. And Jacksonville was able to make a uh, touchdown out of it. Lawrence fumbled the ball once, but. Tennessee's fumble with Dobbs. The touchdown happened without the offense having to come on the field. Defensive fumble recovery. Touchdown. That was massive for Jacksonville, and it happened at the end of the game, and they won that. Titans outplayed Jacksonville. So there you go. Uh, Jacksonville got into the playoffs. I'm wondering if Doug Peterson is still a coaching consideration. I hope he is, being that they won the division. I know Dayball's there. That gets the wild card. But uh whoever bet Jacksonville at what six to one, seven to one to win the division, apparently made a very nice bet in the beginning of the season. Let's get into Sunday now. Bears, Vikings. Well, the Bears, for the first time in my fanhood, which goes back to when I remember started watching them in eighty three with my dad. I'm on the couch, my kid, obviously. I saw the organization make a smart decision. They didn't start Justin Fields. They didn't want any chance of him getting hurt. And they didn't want any chance of screwing up their draft pick or obviously putting them in position to get a better draft pick by losing this game. Now, the Bears look terrible, right? And the Vikings, you know, what were they playing for? The Eagles won. Cowboys lost, but that doesn't matter. They were always going to be a three seed anyway. Uh, Probably a little bit meaningless, but they wanted to play on the chances that the Eagles lose or the Niners lose. But at the same time, a lot of people are down on what happened to the Bears. This is wonderful for Bears fans, in my opinion. Now, a lot of Bears fans, and especially if you're older, you expect them to win and win out in their last game, even if they're not making the playoffs. I have never had that philosophy. Never, and I'm in my 40s and I'm starting to get into my upper 40s, but my philosophy is that if you're not making the playoffs, I want you to have a good draft pick or put yourself in a position to get more draft picks by trading down. That's exactly what the Chicago Bears did, and I can't believe they pulled it off. Took some help from the other team, and we'll get into that. But I'm very excited for Bears fans and the fact that they have that capital because there's a big difference between number one and number two, especially if a team is looking for somebody, they can't take a chance on that person being gone. So massive, massive great job for the Bears. And a lot of people saying finishing last in the league, that's just so bad. It's so bad. Well, first of all, I don't judge the last three weeks of what the Bears actually were. I judge the Bears based upon the middle of the season, where they should have beat the Miami Dolphins, where they should have beat the Lions when they played that first game, you know, when the Bears were actually somewhat good. I won't even, I won't even say good. The, I should have said not terrible. They were bad, but not terrible when they went to New England and beat the crap out of New England, you know. They actually. Could have beat Washington at home. A couple screw ups happened in that one. But I'm not gonna fault the Bears and judge them by when they played Buffalo, Detroit, and Minnesota. You know, they kept up with the Eagles a little bit with Fields, 25 to 20. <laughs> but I, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. The Bears are far away, but they're not as far as what people are saying. You have to understand you take what when the guys were healthy, they lost all the receivers, they lost most of their linemen, they lost their best linebackers. They traded um obviously Roquan Smith and Jackson. Now they have the most cap space to make a massive move for two thousand and twenty three. Hundred and twenty five million, I believe, in cap space. But yeah, I think the next team is at like in the sixties or something. You know? And having the number one draft pick is massive. Now the question is, is Fields a good quarterback? Uh, I mean You don't pick a quarterback, in my opinion, because you're always taking a shot. Bryce Young did play behind a great Alabama team. C.J. Stroud played behind a great Ohio State team. They are probably the number one and number two draft picks, or quarterbacks draft picks is what I'm trying to say. But you don't know if they're going to pan out in the NFL completely, and you don't know if Justin Fields is any better or any worse. He might be better right now. I would say he's better right now. I mean, you have to understand that he had nobody to throw to for most of the season. He had no offensive line helping him. He does need to complete a bit more passes, and I'm not sold on him as a starting quarterback just yet. Or, sorry, a franchise quarterback. But next year will be the time to tell because the Bears are going to spend that money bringing some trenches and see if he could make those plays to a healthy Mooney, a healthy Claypool, whatever receivers they get. And uh, then we're really going to be under- able to understand if the Bears need to make a move for quarterback or not. If, if they don't, that's fantastic. But having a number one pick trading down to a team like the Colts would be fantastic because you still get Clark or Williams, right, the best two defensive linemen in the draft. You get one of them. And, uh, you know, obviously with Eberflus, there, um, there's a little bit of knowledge between their GM and ours. Right. So you might be able to make a good deal with them, and they're going to give up a king's ransom. They're going to, you're going to get their number one pick this year. You might get their second round pick, and you might get a number one next year for how big of a need they have at quarterback. I mean, in my opinion, the Colts, even though they tried to win and completely failed against a terrible Texans team, which looks pretty bad, it did help them a little bit in the draft, a little bit. I mean, they'd be picking sixth if they would have uh, won that game. But either way, great job for the Bears. Now they have a lot to look forward to, in my opinion. So I am on the side of you do not win your last few games if you are not going to make the playoffs. Unreal. Next game, we have Tampa Bay at Atlanta. This worked out perfectly from Matt Landis' prop play he gave out on Friday. Plus 280, we nailed on that on the Better Odds Sports Betting Show. Buccaneers to score first and lose the game plus 280. That was fantastic. The Bucs did score first because they had Tom Brady playing just like they said they would, and then the Falcons... With Desmond Ritter, who had a nice game, 19 for 30, 224 yards and two DDs. Just took care of business and won. Nothing to talk about on that one, really. You know, Falcons, they had kind of a mass season. A little bit better than I thought they'd be at 7 and 10. I was thinking more 6 and 11. Patriots versus Bills. This is going to make my misleading final score column. But the Bills are not, and obviously they went through a lot last week, but they're not looking like that powerful team we once knew midseason. I think the lack of secondaries hurting them a little bit. I think Josh Allen can go into some cold streaks. They would have lost this game if it wasn't for the special teams. Two special teams touchdowns was the reason for the Patriots loss, really. It wasn't the Bills offense. The Bills got outplayed that game. It was just the special teams. The Patriots shocked me a little bit, but that's why I bet on the Patriots and lost that game. So I found that interesting. The Patriots miss the postseason due to that loss based upon special teams blunders. Sure. Bill Belichick's not going to be super happy about that. Ravens versus Bengals played out the way I thought it was. I liked the Bengals in a teaser leg that got blown up thanks to Cleveland. But uh, the Bengals took care of business. Didn't factor in the coin flip. I mean, that's nice that they didn't lose so they have to flip a coin for home field advantage. Now, Bengals will have their wild card game against the same team for home field, but the big question is Lamar Jackson sitting out again. I'm starting to think that this is more contract related and I can't believe he's pulling that at the end of this season. That would be the boldest move of all. I'm not getting a contract. I'm staying injured until I get one. That's just pure speculation on my part, but it just seems awfully strange, and uh, I would have thought that injury, he was going to come back a couple weeks earlier. You remember, every single week he's been, beginning of the week you think he's back, and then he wasn't. This is a very awkward situation, and his backups are terrible. He's kind of holding the team hostage a little bit, and uh, that works out. If you're a good quarterback, but there's a couple other teams that it really didn't work out for that I'm going to get into. Uh, Texans versus Colts. I have plenty in the good, the bad, and the ugly segment coming up next about this game. Jets versus Dolphins as well. Uh, both teams looked really bad, really good defenses, but it, was, it just ended in an absolute insane bad beat kind of way, Panthers versus the Saints. I am so upset with my teaser or my uh, parlay leg on the Saints. I took them at minus one sixty five. I partnered them with Jacksonville and I lost that one. Uh, it's just an absolute crumble on their behalf, Possil- possibly due to some of their special teams, but definitely due to Will Lutz missing two field goals the- during the game. They should have won the game, but Lutz missed two field goals. The Saints were never in a situation where their kicker was this bad. You know, I have to think to myself that he's gone and he probably shouldn't be in the NFL here on out. But that was another, I guess you'd call, bad beat, two easy field goals missed by uh, the Saints. Panthers scoring a deep touchdown in the third. And then a field goal at the very end to win the game. Steelers versus Browns. Uh, Steelers took care of business. Kind of a sad situation for the Steelers. I mean, they're winning the game. Everyone's pumped and happy. And then you show the scoreboard and your players' mouths just dropped. Like, looked absolutely distraught because they're missing the playoffs due to the Jets starting Joe Flacco and their complete ineptness on offense. Just devastating for the Steelers. They have to rely on the New York Jets. Unreal. Chargers versus Broncos. The Broncos beat the starting Chargers and Russell Wilson actually finally had a decent game. 283 yards, some big deep passes, three TDs. Kind of like he finished last year when they beat the crap out of the Cardinals. He beat the starting uh, L.A. Chargers, the starting lineup of the L.A. Chargers. What was the starting lineup doing in there? We discuss that at the next segment. Giants versus Eagles. Nothing to say except uh, the Eagles had this game in a better position. It was it wasn't this close, twenty two to sixteen. Really, you know, the Giants scored thirteen in this in the fourth quarter you know kind of garbagey yards garbagey points so they couldn't even cover the spread and that's what you have to worry about these these teams just want to win to get home field but the Giants are a a very well coached team and I think they're just going to be an interesting look in the playoffs coming up this week uh, cardinals 49ers aj green scored that first touchdown Do you think yeah the cardinals have a shot here nah i didn't think that was <laughs> like okay this is just gonna make it more interesting i wonder how many people got nervous holding uh niner tickets or teasers or whatever but the niners cover this one pretty easily win by 24 points spread was what 14 and a half in this game absolute blowout rams seahawks was a wonderful game i was on the rams as you know uh rams plus six and a half uh the rams kind of blew it there was some fish eating issues in this game a little bit uh in favor of the seahawks but you also got to give the seahawks some credit they did outgain the rams by a good amount and uh i also give geno smith a lot of credit and there's speculation that the seahawks are going to look for a new quarterback I and mean, i think they're drafting like fourth or something like that but if that happens it's just a little bit crazy because <laughs> i think that it, it, it's just a shot of gino finally showing up and having a really good year doesn't get injured you know and then just the whole world coming down on him because they still don't believe him and him as a quarterback it makes me really wonder what they're gonna do it's the fifth position it looks like via that awful trade with the denver broncos uh for russell wilson well they also gave up fant in a few other guys on the Denver side next game was another battle of a well a very bad coach versus actually a decent coach I think Revere is a defensive coach the Cowboys scored six points with their starters in there a lot of people had the Cowboys and that was my biggest mistake is having the Cowboys in the first half with a uh, parlay and and having a, the Cowboys with a teaser big mistake as soon as that game kicked I, I started watching it and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? And it must have been the influences from the media and other places that got to me. And when I say media, I mean sports betting media, some sharper players that I respect as well. But I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell got into me? Why did I go and you know mess with my Commanders plus six ticket and the plus three and a half I gave? big mistake that i made trying to cover my large bet on the commanders wrong side of that thing right from the get-go it was just so obvious in this situation as soon as that game started uh all the wrong reasons i bought back and tried to middle that and it worked out terrible lions versus packers i mean This was a game that the Packers had all the things going for them. Pass interference was going for them on the offense. Pass interference, no calls were going for them on the defense, and they still screwed it up. The Lions were the better team. There is a lot of issues with Green Bay, with that locker room, with their run defense, because, man, Williams – just pounded the ball through them. 16 carries for 72 yards, two touchdowns. The Packers were getting the benefit on when to play this game. They're getting the benefit on the flags that were thrown in this game, and they go in and completely screw it up. (laughs) It was just absolutely amazing to see because a lot of people penciled in the Packers to be playing this uh, 49ers which let's face it they probably would have lost to anyway in the first round of the playoffs but I give a massive amount of respect for Dan Campbell and he's going to lead right in to my next segment the good the bad and the ugly from last weekend in the nfl starting with the good dan campbell taking the packers out of the playoffs having a winning season for the lions when they had nothing to play for except i guess a winning season but taking their rival out after their hearts have been ripped out during that rams game was absolutely high class i give him so much props for what he did this year to that team. They had a lot of injuries in the beginning of the season, as you know. Massive props to Dan Campbell. This is definitely good for Lions fans. Hopefully they get their organization straightened out. It has been much better if they made the playoffs. I have the Lions better than a few of these playoff teams, as you can probably imagine, especially in the Seattle Seahawks and the Miami Dolphins, probably better than the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, The Bears, and this is my Bears hat going on, drafting number one and the amount of money they have in free agency. If you're a Bear fan, don't hang your head. And don't judge the Bears upon the last three weeks. Judged upon them in the middle of the season. They still have guys, just a ton of guys on injury reserve. They still have a lot of holes to fill. They should trade down to at least number three or four and get one of those two defensive linemen. But... Uh, even, even if they trade down to like where the Raiders are or something, they'll just get even that much more. Maybe they get a Devontae Adams, who knows, <laughs> something like that. Um, it, it's just a, a great position to be in for the Bears. The Bears won the draft for sure. Uh, another good thing, kids, back in school. Uh, mine are still at home. <laughs> it's still driving me nuts. Winter break is so long. But for all you guys and you fans out there that have, kids uh yeah it's a good thing that they're gonna finally go back to school for a little time uh at least all the way up until spring break i think they are off for martin luther king day next monday uh bengal's number one in my power ratings that's another good thing and trust me i did my power ratings i tried to figure out why it came out this way well i mean quite simply Uh, the last half of the season the Bengals have been absolutely fantastic Uh, they're closing the door on pretty much everybody Uh, they beat the Chiefs they were beating the Bills as you know they beat the Ravens I know is with a backup quarterback but you know they still took care of business in their division the Bengals are number five in offensive EPA for the season and number eight in defensive EPA for the season if you want to look under the past five weeks they're number six in a defensive epa actually this is the past seven weeks they're just the very well put together team good in all facets of football good field goal kicker you know in case you're down by three and or even down by two and you have a 60 yard field goal or 55 yard field goal mcpherson's a good guy to look at so Uh, I'm very impressed by the Bengals. They're a complete team, and they don't have a ton of injuries uh, to deal with. I mean, since the uh, Lyle Collins injury, it's been pretty good. They did lose one cornerback earlier in the season, but for the most part, this is a pretty healthy team. One more good that we have was Sam Howell coming off the bench. He did okay, 11 for 19, 170 yards, one TD, one interception. But pretty much the Washington football team ran all over this Cowboys team. So good for Sam Howell. Maybe he has a shot to stay in the NFL. Not sh- Certainly wouldn't count him uh, as a backup just yet. <laughs> but that leads into my bad. And that's the Dallas Cowboys starting your starters against the Washington Commanders without their, well, I guess without Heineke, at least. And you still lose and get your ass kicked 26-6? to six? Oh, no! That's what all Cowboys tickets were saying. I mean, I just can't believe how bad the Cowboys look. I have to think that they are playing a little bit of a vanilla offense here, not trying to give up what they look like for next week when they play their playoff game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, but still that was pathetic and they could have got somebody injured out there Mike McCarthy what the hell are you doing you knew that the Eagles were going to beat the Giants the Giants didn't even have their starting quarterback in I understand playing them for maybe a quarter just to kind of see scoreboard watch a little bit maybe the half I guess if if someone would have got hurt it would have looked bad but it went been nearly as bad as getting hurt in a meaningless game in the fourth quarter but man that was bad mike mccarthy and the cowboys losing to sam howell absolutely pathetic another bad was the steelers winning like i mentioned and then looking up the scoreboard and having their hearts ripped out of their chest that was kind of bad for the weekend another really bad thing for the weekend was quay walker pushing the trainer when he was trying to get out to the injury. He was, Quay Walker was standing over DeAndre Swift, who obviously got smashed in the head with, should have been a personal foul, but another flag that didn't go the way of Detroit. Uh, he just kind of, you know, it's like, excuse me, you know, he puts his arm, he's trying, to, he's trying to hurry up and get out there, especially after what we saw last week with him. Then he just pushes him in the back like a just a punk would do. What the hell was that? So glad he got ejected, but that was just the beginning of the end of the Green Bay Packers. Lions were able to obviously get the score after that and seal the Packers' fate. But man, that was just really, really bad by Quay Walker. And he's done this before. He got another personal foul earlier this year. Another bad is Bill Belichick. And this is more bad for if you had the Uh, Patriots plus whatever number plus eight plus seven and a half like I did plus seven even it's uh bad for him because maybe he was being nice to the bills for what happened but it was two minutes left I know that the bills got a first down but you have a timeout left right and you didn't call it you just let them run it out anyway and you're just down by 12 points That's not enough to not like try to quick score and get an onside kick to make your playoffs. So he had a timeout and just let the clock run anyway. I mean, people with Patriots tickets were hoping to get a score because they already had a bad enough beat from the actual uh, special teams touchdowns, both special teams touchdowns. So that was absolutely bad. And then TCU losing to Iowa State after that Baylor victory. I was on TCU that game. I was extremely disappointed in their basketball program after that, especially after I go and run my mouth, say let down spots don't happen in the beginning of conference play. Well, apparently I might have been wrong about that. So uh, kudos to Iowa State for going to TCU and uh, beating them. But that was bad for TCU's basketball team. Now for the ugly. And if you think that Mike McCarthy was bad, let's take a look at Brandon Staley, who played all his starters even after the Ravens lost and injured Mike Williams. I mean, how do these coaches have jobs? What are you doing? Joey Bosa got banged up. Herbert got a massive big hit and you still lost to Denver. And now you're going into the playoffs after just losing to... One of your divisional rivals? What the heck were you thinking? That was ugly for Chargers and Charger fans. Matt, do not make that mistake. Play your backups. Maybe have your, them coming for one series, but what the hell are you thinking in this kind of sport? Where a man almost died last week, you play your starters in a meaningless game. The Jets bad beat another bad beat that i had last week was the new york jets plus three and a half i had them at plus three and a half early in the week it went down to pick them my number was pick them actually went to minus one jets and then it went all the way back to three and a half four and so a lot of people were on jets plus three and a half and then joe flacco in that stupid lateral game got the other team a safety to cover the spread when you think that ticket is completely in the bank Fucking you know i mean just losing like that was absolutely brutal i mean you just have to look at yourself like are you freaking serious but then again it's just like i said last week about betting on sam darnold you bet on joe flacco sadly when i made my bet i thought that might be Mike White or somebody, but it was uh, Joe Flacco out there. And that's what happens when you bet on stink because that's what Joe Flacco is. That's what bad quarterbacks are. And it's always an extra gamble even when you think you're on the right side in some of these situations. So uh, the line can be never too sweet when you got a guy like Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, or Sam Darnold on the side of your ticket. Probably the worst thing and the most ugly thing of the weekend is the Houston Texans winning and giving up their draft position to the Chicago Bears in a year that they desperately need a quarterback. Come on, don't bullshit me. (laughs) Man, if I was the GM, and you're going to fire Lovey. What the hell are you doing? Letting him coach your team the last game where you know the team's gonna rally, fight for next year's positions, you know, they want to be on a team, you know, win one more. What do you think's gonna happen when they're playing the freaking Colts? You know, they're going to win the game. It, absolutely unreal that they put Lovey in that position because what do coaches do? You play to win the game. Herm said it best. That's what Lovey was going to do. He's a coach. He doesn't know how to tank. He doesn't have tank in him. You know, maybe you could have said, hey, don't start Davis Mills. Start the lower guys. We want to see what we have. I don't even know if he still should have done that because he plays to win the game. He's a coach. He's trying to win games. It would make him feel terrible to go out there and almost like takes away his integrity. You relieve him of his duties before the week ends. And then you go in yourself and you say, I'm sorry, guys. We're going to see who else on this roster is good for our organization next year. But that was an absolute utter despicable choke on their behalf because they lost a ton of capital and you can even say maybe they like C.J. Stroud well how do you know the team that doesn't trade up with the Bears wants C.J. Stroud you know there's no excuse for this (laughs) you know Bryce Young is the number one quarterback and it's by consensus there's very few people that I know right now have Stroud ahead of them and I do like Stroud don't get me wrong it's not like being second is bad coming into a draft right But at the same time, you screwed up completely, and now teams can jump up and get the guy that you might want. You had a lot of power. You're going to be the team talked about all offseason, and you win a meaningless game. Absolutely unreal. And also, the Colts organization, that's an absolute dumpster fire, but I've talked about that. Jim Irsay is a poor owner. Jeff Saturday is not an NFL coach, at least not right now. He needs to start lower on the totem pole. He did get a nice push in the beginning from, uh, you know, the players' motivation when they beat the Ravers, but you found out that he's just a coach of a bad team. But here's the here's another thing. If you put him on the Bills, he looks good because the Bills probably do win just based on their talent. So it's one of those situations where you put him in a very bad situation on a bad team. So the Colts organization is just a mess. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals, another situation where the GM leaves, Cliff Kingsbury gets fired, and you're stuck with a quarterback that all he wants to do is play video games. He's immature He's emotional. He goes out there with a very poor attitude, you know, and so he strong held him and his agent, the Arizona Cardinals, and they had to pay him a ton of money because that was their draft pick. Even though I'm not sure a running quarterback of that size, 5'8", 5'9", let's be real, is really a uh, franchise guy. You know, but he now has a massive contract with that team, just like Russell Wilson is with the Broncos. And this is another situation where the team gave in and pretty much are stuck with him, even though they're probably going to have to completely crash and rebuild this team. This wasn't really a Kingsbury issue in my opinion this was somewhat of a Steve Keim issue but this definitely reflects on the organization itself and maybe Michael Bidwell should be looking at himself and say you're fired all right now it's time for some NFL week 18 misleading final scores and so, this is the last misleading final score segment of the season. The Titans outgained the Jaguars 312 to 222, yet lost 20 to 16. A 2 to 1 turnover ratio did them in. The Patriots outgained the Bills 341 to 327, yet lost 35 to 23. Equal turnovers at three, but horrible special teams allowed two kick returns. That was the culprit of the Patriots. The Saints outgained Carolina 304 to 203, yet lost 10 to 3. They won the turnover battle 3-2, but horrible red zone and bad special teams missing a field goal got them. And Seattle outgained the Rams 402 to 269, yet only won 19 to 16. A 2-1 turnover ratio hurt them, but they still barely won that game they just should have probably won by more points with that much of a yardage discrepancy now i'm going to end this with a free play for nfl wild card weekend and i'm going to do something that people are probably going to be like really (laughs) but i went with the dolphins and i went with them at plus 11 here's the deal with the dolphins all right Yes, Skylar Thompson is not the answer. I am seriously concerned with Tua Viola. You know, I mean, getting all those concussions, is he really going to be able to have a career in the NFL now? Is he really not going to play next week? How long are you going to be out? When do you actually call him okay and not susceptible? I don't know that answer. I also know that they had a lot of guys out last week. So... You know, they didn't play well on offense at all, but they did run the ball extremely well. And that's what Mike McDaniel is doing there. One thing about the Bills is that last week, they really got ran on pretty bad. (laughs) You know, the Bills kind of crumbled a little bit lately in stopping the run, but now the Bills, you have to admit, they're really weak in the safety position with their two safety best safeties out. So maybe a guy like Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson can throw the ball deep. The Dolphins did play them very well in cold weather this year in a one-score game. You saw the Bills were a little bit overrated last week having to rely on their special teams to win that game. That was an important game for them to get home field advantage. I mean, I would call that a bad beat on Patriots betters because of it because of two special teams touchdowns how often does that happen it happens in college a lot doesn't happen in the pros a lot so that is a serious issue um coming into this week you know maybe it's going to be Skylar Thompson but at least he probably gained a little confidence here and they still have a lot of speed throw the ball up throw the ball ahead of Tyreek Hill throw it ahead of Jalen Waddell maybe you get a catch you still got Raheem Mostert there he did get a broken thumb, but I don't think a broken thumb is necessarily going to stop him from running the ball. You still got Wilson over there? I mean, they've been a banged-up team this year, but there's still weakness on the Bills, and the Bills choke away big spreads, and they've been doing it all year long. Miami's kind of coming in knowing that they're the underdog, knowing that nobody expects them to do anything. i like them to stand up and the Bills have a lot going on right now. I think 11 points is too much. Take Miami for three stars at 11 points. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 My friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode at the Ozbreakers. If you'd like to contribute to the Ozbreakers, please Tweet us at the Oddsbreakers or contact us at info at Enjoy the rest of your week. Reminder that the podcast is now dropping on Fridays. And go get some winners. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently